with Richard Robertson, who is involved in the lumber business, which is, of course, a dominant industry in British Columbia. Richard, how long have you been in the lumber business? Uh, Fifteen years now. Fifteen years. And uh, did you think when you were uh, at school or in university that you would end up in the lumber business? Uh, not at all. Uh, my original intention was to uh, be a marine biologist. When I was growing up in Winnipeg, uh, one of my idols was uh, Jacques Cousteau. And uh, when we moved to Vancouver in 1972 through school, I thought, well, I still want to be a marine biologist. Here I am living by the ocean, and my plan was to, to do that. And in grade uh, 11, I actually started working at the Vancouver Aquarium. And after high school, uh, continued at the aquarium while I was going through UBC and got my degree in marine biology. So, Wow, um, so you were a committed marine biologist. What did you do at the aquarium? Uh, I was a, a marine mammal trainer or a whale trainer. Oh, really? So you got to know the whales uh, personally? Yes. Nice uh, people, to, nice <laughs> whales to deal with? Uh, very, very intelligent animals. Um, my, uh, I, I always say to people that in some respects I think they're more intelligent than uh, human beings and that they tend to alter themselves to their environment rather than human beings who alter their environment to themselves. Uh, and uh, each, is in respect to the killer whales, each each pod, each grouping has its own unique language and uh, they're able to communicate with, with each other and each and other animals in the same area. They communicate with non-whales? They communicate with other killer whales in the same area. Oh, okay. Other other animals learn to uh, know when killer whales are in the area and when they are, they don't stay there very long. I see. So, but you, nevertheless, you, uh, you uh, moved from uh, marine biology to the lumber business and... Um, how have, uh, of course, it's a key industry here in British Columbia. I mean, is there any community in British Columbia that isn't affected by the lumber business? No. No, I, and I, I think that that's one thing living in Vancouver. There's some people here that feel that they're not so connected to the industry, but uh, the whole province is basically intricately involved with the lumber industry. And these would be activities like logging or tree planting or sawmilling? Everything from uh, silviculture to logging to processing, remanufacturing, shipping. Uh, equipment supply. Exactly. Equipment supply. Uh, everything with respect to the services that are needed to run the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, we're very dependent on the forest industry. And I guess uh, you end up spending a fair amount of time visiting smaller communities where these sawmills are located? Yes. Um, now, on the marketing side, where are the major markets? Uh, for British Columbia Woods? Right. Uh, major mar the major market would be the United States, mm -hmm. uh, Canada, Japan, uh, and to a lesser extent, Europe. And uh, are you involved in all those markets? Yes. Um, the American market, right now, uh, there's a lot of news in the paper about this uh, dispute with the Americans. What's the background? What's going to happen there? Okay, there's a lot of uncertainty right now. Um, prior to Christmas, I think the general feeling in the industry was that there's going to be some kind of negotiated settlement. I think right now there's a realization that perhaps be the case. Um, and from the discussions I've had particularly this week, uh, people are actually now betting on or, or thinking that the greater likelihood is that there will not be a negotiated settlement simply because the, the two sides are too far apart. So in what way is the Canadian system different from the American system? 
I would say basically in the eyes of the U.S. coalition, which is a group of sawmills that have uh, lodged the complaint against Canada, is that uh, in the in the U.S. Uh, they think their system is set, their log prices are set by the market, whereas in Canada, it's a uh, prices artificially set by the crown. By but, the the, but the Canadian prices do also reflect market conditions. Yes. But I guess what to the Americans. They don't like it that our system does reflect the market. When markets go down, that our log prices go down, whereas their log prices go down and it costs them money if they own the logs. I think part of their part of their issue is that the Canadian prices flow up and down, and it's often linked linked to uh, periodical random lengths publications. I should explain random lengths is the trade journal, which kind of. does surveys of market levels and tells the industry where prices are and it's kind of like the standard it's a standard every or, or, or formula or whatever every so Wednesday every Friday they put out a, a essentially a, a newsletter uh, Friday is very comprehensive and it covers most lumber products indicating from a broad range of, of companies and sources what what the uh, market prices are mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the systems in Canada are linked to random lengths, so they follow the, the timber prices fall the market up, and they follow the market down. And I think uh, one of the issues is that the Americans think that that actually helps us to lead the market, the price, log prices down, therefore allowing us to uh, to produce lumber cheaply and perhaps at a subsidy. Right. Um, you do you market both in the U.S. and Canada? Yes. And of course, Canada has something like what, 35 percent of the U.S. market? Uh, roughly, it, it varies, but right now I think it's around 35 percent. Right. And where would the Americans like to see us? I think they would like to see us back down 26, 27 percent, which is about where we were about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mind you, the American market is an enormous market, so the Americans themselves are also very large producers of lumber. Yes. Uh, and and but they still need about 25 30 percent or if not more from Canada correct so they do need our lumber they need our lumber so it's just a matter of trying to see who can outmuscle whom here to get the best deal or my my personal opinion is that we're we are dealing with in particular in the southern US uh, with the uh, southern yellow pine producers uh, sawmills that are uh, in some cases antiquated um, and they simply are not very efficient at producing lumber. They're trying to protect, protect jobs. Uh, Canadian lumber can access their market and compete with them quite well, um, not only because of the, of the prices at which we can supply wood, but in terms of the quality of the wood. The carpenters in the U.S. prefer Canadian spruce in particular. So uh, that's simply, it's not a matter that it's necessarily manufactured better it's more the species, the inherent quality of the species. I think one of the big issues is is, is the species. That's what we're told by our customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spruce holds a nail better. It's easier to nail, whereas if you're dealing with a southern yellow pine product, uh, it's a very heavy, very dense wood, uh, harder for the carpenter to handle, and it's very difficult to put a nail into. And when, it, when you do drive a nail, often the piece of wood splits. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you have also been active in the Japanese market. Yes. Did, did you find uh, significant uh, cultural differences uh, in the Japanese market compared to the North American market? Um, 10, 15 years ago, 
more more different than it is now. Uh, ten years ago, uh, you spent a lot of time building a relationship with a customer. Um, that you would you develop that relationship. You'd start doing business slowly. It would gradually build. It'd be regular. It'd be continuous. Uh, An understanding on both sides that each side needs to make money. Um, and the basically, basically the, the main thing being that they wanted it to be regular, continuous business. And that's no longer the case today? Uh, today, uh, I would say much more opportunistic. One of the differences being that 10 years ago, the, the core suppliers to the market were North America, Southeast Asia, uh, and Russian logs. Uh, today, you'll find wood in Japan f- uh, produced from all over the world, Europe, uh, Australia, New Zealand, uh, everywhere. Uh, so partly it's a reflection of more competition. This greater competition, is that basically a worldwide phenomenon that there's just more and more suppliers of wood products competing with British Columbia where BC was a dominant player 20 years ago. They were the kings and today they're just one of many. I would say that's true. I mean, we do live in a global market, not only for wood, but for, for all products. And... Um, the fact that there is more wood in the world is this. What is this the result of? Is it because I mean people uh, who read the newspapers always are kind of given the impression that we're running out of wood, and yet uh, in the industry we know that there is more and more wood on world markets. What's what's happening? I would say a few things. There's uh, in terms of of statistics, and there's a few sources to go to to to, to look at these. There's uh, more wood growing today than is being harvested. And the sawmills that are running today are much more efficient than they were 20 years ago. Uh, and, and, and consolidation in terms of production as well. You, you don't have so many small, mid-sized mills. Now you have large group groups, big companies that are producing lots of wood in many different countries. Now, in British Columbia, we are still one of the largest wood-producing areas in the world. The province is covered in forests. Uh, our houses are mostly built out of wood. Uh, is there an opportunity to use more wood in British Columbia? I would say uh, yes, in particularly in the area of light industrial usage. It's well. There's a lot of wood used in home building, but for on the industrial side of things, it's it's still mainly steel. And uh, would would simple lumber products compete with the steel, or are there another generation of products? I would I would say uh, in uh, glue laminated, like laminated lumber and other engineered products. Should, I mean, in Europe, there's been an initiative towards that. Uh, I think that we should be following the same here. I gather in Europe they are promoting more wood use in these end uses because of the environmental benefits of wood as compared to steel, concrete, brick, and so forth. Yes, and it's a, it's a closed carbon cycle with wood, uh, and there's less consumption of petrochemicals in the production and use of wood. Could you explain what you mean by closed carbon cycle? Uh, basically, with the wood, you there's carbon trapped in the wood. Uh, you harvest a tree, it's it's trapped in the, the carbon is in the wood. When you... And when the wood is finished, if you tear that building down, the wood can be basically turns back into soil again. Whereas in terms of the of steel, you you manufacture the steel and you're releasing carbon in the atmosphere during the manufacturing process. Mm-hmm. Uh, trees, the full growing tree too, is is a great absorber of CO2. I gather it absorbs uh, 150 percent of its own weight in the form of uh, 
of carbon dioxide that it's uh, it's uh, and uh, it will it will grow it will consume more CO2 in the younger stages of its life and in the later stages of its life. So one could also argue that in terms of harvesting wood, uh, you're replanting younger trees that consume more carbon dioxide. What uh, last question then? What do you see as the future for the uh, the lumber industry here in British Columbia? I think the lumber industry here has to become uh, more diversified in terms of the products that it's making. Up until now, it's been basically a commodity-based uh, type of industry where they go to market and say, here's what we have to, to sell, uh, this is what we want you to buy. Uh, have to, they should take the approach of uh, allowing the customers to come to them to, to say, here's the product I want to buy, uh, will you make it, and then finding some way to do it. Well, let's hope for the sake of all of us in British Columbia that the industry can rise to the challenge. I hope so. Thank you very much. Thank you.